Welcome to the Nebraska Hawk's Nest. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. We are so fortunate to be joined by the mother of Iowa starting running back Tyler Goodson, the lovely Felicia Goodson. How how are you, ma'am? I'm great. I'm even better after Matthew's intro. I love that kid. <laughs> He's awesome. He's, he really is. <laughs> he comes from such a great family. His dad is such a cool guy. Um, it, it was weird, like just through the this Hawkeye social media stuff, we realized that his dad and I grew up like just like within a mile of each other. Oh, and wow. and he kept saying, you look so familiar. Like, yeah. I feel like I've seen you somewhere before. I'm like, yeah. And I noticed they, they took these family pictures and they did it like a 1980s type of theme where like, you know, where the dad's kind of like uh, the face of the dad is like um, projected into the picture. And he's like looking off to the side and like the yeah. kids, it's super <laughs> cheesy, but they're an awesome family. And he uh, you can see where he gets his moxie from. He's yeah. got some pretty yeah. cool parents. So um, so you're down in Georgia right now. Uh, how's the weather down there? It's absolutely amazing. And so the last few days, it's been kind of cool and raining. So we've been like in the 50s. Today, we got back in the 70s. So we've probably for the last two weeks now, we've been mid mid 70s. Saturday, last Saturday, it was 78 degrees. Wow, so that's like perfect. Great. Yeah. And today we're probably I think we got up to maybe like 72. So yeah. That's nice. See, we're just cracking into the fifties. So I'm pretty, yeah. pretty happy with that right now. It was so dang cold here for such a long time. January and February are not great months to live in the Midwest, but yeah, no. <laughs> other than that, it's pr a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. We always like to start off at the beginning and you know, ask you about Tyler's recruiting process. Um, his was very interesting. Uh, the one thing that I was really surprised by when uh, when he was committing, he uh, that we we had heard that he said that was one of the offers I was really wanting. And uh, running back from Georgia, you know, typically you, you you don't necessarily hear that. Usually, kids down there want to go to an SEC school or you know a more of a warm weather school. What were some of the schools that Tyler was strongly considering that were really making an impression on him? was really uh, an open canvas and I was it's funny because I was actually telling some friends of ours Saturday that came in town for dinner that um, he was a lot more strategic than I really ever knew him to be um, he really thought out a lot he was looking at rosters he was um, 
I don't know that weather was ever a consideration. I think for him, you know, he would watch video on offensive schemes to kind of see where he best fit. Um, he just did a lot of, you know, deep diving into um, where he really wanted to be. I don't know that um, Iowa probably was his first choice um, originally. I, I don't know that he had a choice. I think he just wanted to play football at the yeah. collegiate level. Um, and for him, um, recruiting picked up a little late. Um, he had a outstanding junior campaign. Um, and things just kind of took off. And L when as he was younger, LSU was probably his dream school. Like, he yeah. to play at LSU. And it's so funny when he first said that he wanted to take his official visit to Iowa. And at this point, he, I think he ended up with uh, almost like 40 offers. And um, when he, he had really developed a really great bond with Coach Foster. And um, we really didn't know that Iowa was in the, in the picture. And so he came and he goes, I want to do one of my official visits at Iowa. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, what's I mean, why do we want to go to Iowa? I was like, if you play football, you want to play in the SEC. And he goes, I don't want to play in the SEC. And I said, what? <laughs> Smart goes, kid. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to play in the SEC. He says, I'm a running back. He was like, SEC running backs get pounded. And if I want to go it's to true. the next level, I'll have way more chance to do that with a healthier body in a different conference. And Wow. The rest is history. It's funny because, and he didn't really enjoy the recruiting process. It drove him crazy. Oh, um, uh, really? I think it was really stressful because it was so late. And he was trying to make, you know, decisions at a fast rate. And um, I think I told Coach Ference and Coach uh, Barnes the story that we, I'll never forget it. We were at the South Carolina Gamecocks all-white game. And the atmosphere was just electric. And anything that was close, I was a fan for. I was like, okay, we can get to South Carolina in two hours. Um, and I was like, this is so cool, Tyler, right? He's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> like, just was not um, excited. Two places that he really, really just took a liking to. One of those was Clemson and okay. the other was Iowa. And I'll never forget the moment when I knew he was all in in Iowa. We were doing a tour with coach Barnes and we were on the football field and Tyler was standing in the middle of the football field. And it was just like this energy that I was getting from him. I called Maurice. Maurice didn't come with us because um, he's an engineer at the time he was working with Turner uh, media. Okay. And it was March madness. Oh, busy time. <laughs> yes. And so he couldn't break away to come. And I called Maurice on the phone after we finished the, the visit and tour that day. I said, I think he's going to go to Iowa. He's like, oh, no way. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, I know, and so it's funny because um, his last top three schools ended up being Iowa, West Virginia, and I believe it was Wake Forest. And okay. um, the running back coach at Wake Forest, called us and he goes, do you guys have any idea what he's going to do? Like he wears the poker face. Well, we really didn't have a clue. And so we went on a final visit to Wake Forest. Well, I didn't go. 
Maurice and Tyler's brother Taylor went, and Maurice said they were having breakfast, and Taylor says, "You know, people, you know, guys generally end up living wherever they graduate college," and he said, "Tyler goes, I'm not living in Iowa." <laughs> he said so then Taylor was like you got us up here taking another visit you already know where you're going so that's how we found out where he was going like the coaches thought we were telling the story I mean we had conversations but he really just kind of made decisions and moved solidly so yeah it was like a chess game for him was there any one thing or two things in particular other than his relationship with the running running, back, running backs coach that really made Iowa feel like the place for him? I know he's mentioned before that, and a lot of players have, like I think it's almost like a 90% rate of they talk about the family atmosphere. Uh, what makes it such a great am, a family atmosphere there? Um, you know, it's funny because I told Maurice before he had the opportunity to meet Coach Ferentz is that uh, Tyler – before Coach Stewart, the coach that's at North Gwinnett High School now, we had a coach, a head coach named Bob Spire. His spirit his um, was a lot, like, very identical to Coach Ferentz. It was almost, like, a little scary, like, just even having conversations with Coach Ferentz because it really – so I think that was part of it. Okay. Um, I think that um, – Iowa just, they shot it to him straight. You know, it was never, we went to a lot of schools and, you know, they stroke your ego. You're, mm. oh gosh, you're so great. You would, you know, come here and, you know, um, and I think um, Coach Ferentz basically just gave it to him real. You come here, you work hard, you, um, you, you have all the opportunity in the world, but I'm not making you any promises. Uh, you mm. know, it was, um, he was, there was a level of comfort that he had established with coach Foster and Tyler is big on uh, family. And um, even when he was here, he's always volunteered with children a lot. He was a Sunday school teacher at our church. Um, he uh, volunteers with the, uh, well, used to volunteer with the uh, organization here called happy feet. And it's part of the um, night of Sean prom that uh, Tim Tebow does. So we okay. have a program here and he was very active in that. So I think the Children's Hospital and that whole thing that surrounded the university was intriguing to him as well. So I think he just, and at the time he had a, a former teammate who played there as well. So that was a, a big part of it too. Okay. So yeah. He just sounds like he's so wise beyond his years, almost like an old soul that a kid that age coming out of high school that is that level-headed and that intelligent in his approach on where he's going to go to school. I, I can be honest with you. I was not that level-headed and intelligent when I was <laughs> that age coming out of school, but that's, that's great parenting and, you know, being raised in a, in a, in a great family. And I, I remember reading an article where you talked about uh, that out of the three boys, Tyler was a lot more like you, more structured, you know, followed the rules, liked to get things done the right way. Uh, how, how, what was it like as a parent raising Tyler? What kind of kid was he? And uh, I'm sure you got just loads of awesome stories about him growing up. So he was um, always super active, always been really friendly um a daredevil not scared of anything um, and so I, a story i like to tell about him when he was little so tyler's always loved the pool like he loves water he's the guy at the beach that's out in the middle of the ocean and you're like come back 
<laughs> he was that kid. Like, you okay. can't go that far. It makes you um, nervous. Yeah. So I'll never forget Maurice and I. Actually, we were living in Nebraska. Okay. And we were living in an apartment at the time. And we were taking the kids to the pool. And um, I had just had Taylor. And so, of course, we got this little one in the stroller. And I and he wasn't the stroller. I was actually holding him. So Tyler does have on floaties, and Maurice kind of just lets him go, just kind of letting him walk. And I'll never forget, we get to the pool. Tyler just takes off running and jumps in the pool. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, get him, get him, get him. And Maurice is like, he's fine. He's fine. You've got, like, a thousand floaties on him. And so one of the guys that was in the pool grabbed him and pulled him out. And Tyler was just dying laughing. And meanwhile, my heart was just boop, 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 boop. Oh. But that's the kind of kid he is. Like he's um, very outgoing. He's respectful. He's um, compassionate, and he is a guy that's really wise for his age. And I think the recruiting process allowed us to really see like the kind of wisdom that he really had. He's you know very respected by our community, um, by the administration at the school. Um, our church leaders. Um, it's it's just a, been amazing to see the impact that he had. And I'll never forget the Sunday he, he got baptized um, the summer going into his senior year. Okay. And our uh, youth pastor, which is Reed, him and Tyler are really, really close. And um, I'll never forget after the Sunday he got baptized that one of Taylor's best friends who was a quarterback the year after Tyler left, he came up to me and Maurice after church and he said after Tyler's baptism service and he said to us, he was like, I don't think you guys really know how much Tyler, how much influence Tyler has in our community. He said a lot of these kids that come to a Sunday night service now is because of Tyler. And that's great. Um, what do you say? I, I mean, you know, I, I, that was one of the most, amazing things for a kid that is, you know, your age, you know, your peer, you know, to say that about you. Um, and that's just kind of who he is, his senior year, you know, every kid kind of wants to do a big party spring break. So at first he came, he's like, so I'm going to go with a group of friends. We're going to take a cruise. I was like, okay, great. Whatever. What, what do we need to do? And maybe a few months after he came and said, I changed my mind. I think I'm going to, go on, go to Haiti on a mission trip with Young Life. Wow. I said, what? Like, who wants to do a mission trip for senior spring break? Like, this is like the last time you'll get to be with all your friends. Um, and he said, well, I'm going to think about it and I'll let you know. And he said, we have a meeting on um, Wednesday night or Tuesday night at Young Life. I said, okay. He came back. He said, I'm going to go on the mission trip. And his senior year, spring break he was in uh haiti for uh seven eight days wow yeah. it's they just things like that like the story you just told that you sit back as a parent and you're like i, I did a good job got a good kid <laughs> you, it's just got to make you feel good inside that you know you're seeing your son make make choices like that it's like wow because yeah. not many kids would do that even kids with like you know strong faith would I'm gonna go on a come go on a cruise, you know. Exactly. How does Tyler's uh, faith really shape how he approaches football and how he approaches his academics uh, up at the University of Iowa? Um, I think 
uh, faith is a, a really large part of everything he does. Even now, um, him and Reed pray together before every game. I mean, Reed calls him or he calls Reed and, um, you know, they pray together and he is a God family football um, kind of guy in that order. Um, I honestly feel like um, it, our, so our pastor, pastor calls him Pastor Tyler <laughs> because um, he just, um, he's just, I can't even explain it. He's just a really, really good, well-rounded, well-rounded kid. Um, and um, I do think it's a large part of everything he does and how he moves. And I think that he, he tries to do what's, you know, pleasing in God's sight. I don't know that he's perfect, but nobody is. A, nobody is. <laughs> but I do. I think it, it shapes a, a lot, shapes him. It sounds like that his dad uh, shaped him quite a bit with a lot of the workouts that he put him through and really pushed him to be his best. Uh, what kind of things did, did his dad do with Tyler that really helped push his game to the next level? Um, so when we were, when Tyler was younger, um, it was really, it was, it was really weird because I think even yeah, Maurice put them in football. I think maybe Tyler was six years old. Um, and so at first they were these little guys running around these great big old helmets and these little bodies. And it, he always just kind of stood out. And so Maurice is like, I mean, and Maurice played football in college, but he was a better baseball player. Maurice actually could have probably, probably could have played major league baseball. He tried out for the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds, but he was really focused. He wanted to play football. So he mm. kind of, um, and so, when they were younger, they played baseball, they ran AU track, they played basketball, they played, but it was just something special with Tyler and football. Mm. And so Maurice is like, I think he might be really good at this. And then Tyler st just really started to, to love it. And then as we kind of went through the years at the park, it's like every year he got better and better and better and just kind of stood out. So as he got to, when we moved here to Atlanta, um, football here is just insane. Even at the little league level, like I could, there's an organization here called Born to Compete, and they literally start ranking kids in the park, like at at the little league football. Wow! They have a show on the local news, um, and they do it after every Saturday game. And actually, if you go on YouTube, and it's, I think it's Eleven Alive that airs it. Uh, there's a guy named Alex, and he has an organization called Born to Compete. And there's kids literally here. One of Taylor's best friend, Aaron McLaughlin, had a his first offer in like the ninth grade. Like I mean, oh. it's, it's it's just insane. So when we first moved here, it went from this light fun to I was like, oh my gosh, this is so serious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just really a, a culture shock. And then so Mari's uh, found actually. Maurice and um, Tyler's trainer from here on their way to Iowa now uh, to train this weekend. Um, so he trains. Um, Tyler worked out with Elijah Holyfield, which is um, Holyfield, the boxer's son. Yeah, um, Evander they, Holyfield. Yes, they worked out together. Wow. All from the time he was maybe 12 years old all the way up until um, Elijah went to the NFL. Um he trains Cam Newton. He trains, he used to train Terrell Owens. Um, 
his brother is actually Jamal Lewis, who used to play wow. um, in the league. And so um, Maurice linked up with him, uh, started working out with him. He's been working pretty much with, you know, John ever since. And he now um, has put him with the guy um, who is a Olympic um a track Olympian, um, actually. And um, so he's working, you know, speed. So he's really just kind of invested a lot of time and uh, money and energy uh, with Tyler, just because Tyler decided this is what I want to do. I think I can, you know, do this. And so he's always kind of been the dad as if that's kind of, if that's what you want to do, and there's some possibility there, we're going to do our best to cultivate it. Um, So, yeah. With uh, with Tyler playing in the Big Ten and you know being based in Iowa City, but having to travel mostly in the Midwest and out east, are you guys able to make it to every game? And I mean, that's got to get expensive and be difficult to really follow him around and watch him play every week. Maurice is at every game. <laughs> <laughs> the only games he missed this year was I think he ended up missing Penn State, and the only reason he missed that one was because I think maybe two or three days before we were supposed to come do the Penn state game. I guess the COVID rates were rising um, and they sent out an email from the Iowa football department, basically saying to get entry into the game, you had to have a positive COVID test. I mean, a negative COVID test. And so by the time um, we got the information or whatever, it was, it was just, I'm always like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to get a COVID test. And, whatever before my flight leaves or whatever and so that was really the only game that he missed this year and that was because of not being able to the, the short time period to have a COVID test um I try to get to all the home games um it's not always possible because we do have you know two other sons um that have their own thing going on so I do try to get to the home games um but yeah we we try <laughs> I mean, it's not easy, but I'm sure it's a blast, but I'm sure it's exhausting trying to get to everything. And then you're going to look back in 10 years from now and be like, remember how fun that was traveling around and going to Tyler's games. And, but when, once you're a part of the Hawkeye family, you're going to want to probably, I would hope come back at least once or twice a year because the fans don't ever forget you. And they're going to always want you guys to come back and they're going to embrace you. And you're, you're part of the family for life at yeah, this yeah. point. So you, you guys will hopefully make it back every year for a game. Um, you, you, you spoke a little bit about the, the COVID situation. I really wanted to know what it was like as a family and for, for Tyler, just the, the back and forth this last year before the season started with the season being canceled. And then it kind of sounded like it was going to be back on again. And then it's like, nope, you know, it's canceled. And then it ends up being back on again. I mean, what was it like for the fam- for your family to go through that ups and downs of whether the season was going to happen? And, and how did Tyler handle all that? Um, so it was, it's funny because we were kind of a house divided in terms of me and Maurice. Like he was, let's play football. And I was like, no, let's not play football. Yeah. Um, just because we didn't know, like um, there were just so many unknowns at the time with the virus or whatever. Um, And so my husband was a large part of the campaign to get the Big Ten to kickstart. He did a lot of, you know, nationally syndicated interviews and just kind of really, he really kind of spearheaded the whole Hawkeye part of it. So um, he was a big proponent. 
Um, Tyler is, um, he takes things. So he's just kind of a roll with the punches guy. You know, Mm -hmm. um, when we asked him how he felt about it, he was like, well, of course I want to play football, but you know, it kind of is what it is. If we can't, we can't. Um, I think when the SEC and ACC kicked off, then he has a ton of friends that play in both conferences. And the first Saturday he was at home watching a football game. He was like, this sucks. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure. I'm literally sitting at home watching other conferences play and we can't play. And I think that was kind of the first time he really just finally said, this is not cool, you know. Um, Yeah. Other than that, he just kind of, you know, rolled with it. The um, testing drove him crazy. He was like, it feels like they're sticking something in the back. He said, you literally can feel it in your brain. It's awful. (laughs) Oh, I had it too. And I'm like, people like, oh, it's not that bad. It's just kind of uncomfortable. Like, well, mine was that bad. I felt like they were touching my brain. I mean, it was terrible. Oh, it was awful. And then I, and then I had a false negative. So it was like, and I had to wait a week to get it back. So I'm like, the test Nebraska system here is awful. I waited forever to get it back and the test wasn't even accurate. I'm like, I'm pretty dang sure I had COVID (laughs) at the point. So it's just like, Oh, not, not, not a good deal whatsoever. Um, Have they started spring workouts yet? Or are they um, just ramping up for that still? So they're still kind of just uh, ramping up for that. And then I think they have a small break coming up. Um, it's either this weekend or no, it's actually this weekend because that's the okay. reason it's trainers out there. And I think it's like a three day uh, break. And then once they fin- come off of that break, they'll uh, start spring. Okay. Okay. And uh, have they announced at all to you guys whether they're going to be having um, a spring game or a spring like open practice for the fans to come watch? Because typically they do that, but I, I hadn't heard if they are, are going to do that or not this year. They have not, and I think uh, Maurice actually spoke to Coach Barnes um, earlier this week or either last week, and Coach Barnes was saying they don't have a decision yet. Um, and so, but I've seen, you know, a lot of the reporters saying that the plan that I was planning on having full capacity this year. So, I mean, if not full capacity, I think that the SEC and ACC did have a um, – a really good model that worked. And so maybe, you know, they maybe should just maybe allow a percentage if, if nothing else. I do know one of the things Tyler said, he's like, it's hard playing with no fans. He was like, cause you don't have, he said, you don't have that, you know, kind of like that other guy just kind of, he said, it's quiet. It's hard to keep yourself motivated. He's like, yeah. If it's a really like a blowout game or if the energy in the game or like if the other team catches momentum, he was like, you don't have that fan base just kind of like pushing you he says so that was that part was really difficult from talking to tyler uh have you heard from him is there any one game or any specific fan base that like maybe annoys him like one game that he's like i really want to beat these guys every year <laughs> most guys they whether they like to admit it or not most players have that one team where they just want it just a little bit more just because there's something about that team and that rivalry that just irks them a little bit. Yeah, it's two. Okay. <laughs> absolute worst fans was Iowa State. Okay. And Nebraska. He said it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. So those two teams, and he has a really good friend that he graduated with, uh, Quentin Newsom, who plays for Nebraska. So that's like a. I'll, I tell him every year because we're really good. Our families are really close. 
and um I tell them every year you got you you guys better beat Nebraska because I will not hear the Newsom's mouth. <laughs> Good. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. It's been six years in a row and we're doing um hopefully we can get you to swing by. We're doing a big Nebraska Hawks Nest tailgate. The game's oh, yeah. in Lincoln this year. So we would love to have you and uh, maybe sit totally. and chat and share a beer and yeah. you know create some good karma for a seventh year in a row. Absolutely. That would be great. That, that would, would be, be awesome. Yeah. And I don't know how aware you are of this, but um, you know, you're you've really kind of fallen into the category of a celebrity Hawkeye mom. Oh. Um, <laughs> you are up there with like a Frank Garza. Uh, oh, you, wow. you've really started to gain popularity. The fans have really taken to you. Yeah. Um, whenever, um, anybody's talking about a, like Frank Garza, they're like, have you ever, ever talked to Felicia Goodson before? She's awesome. Like she's <laughs> so cool. So you, um, whether you like it or not, you yeah. have hit the Hawkeye parent celebrity status with Frank and, you know, there's been some over the years, so you still got a few years left, so that celebrity can continue to grow. <laughs> nice. The, the Hawkeye fan base is like none other. I mean, they have just been amazing from from day one. I'll never forget, um, there's a, a little group that um, kind of um, took care of me when I first got there, and uh, one of them's name is Vicky, and I okay. met her on social media, even when Tyler was in high school, we kind of chatted back and forth. Um, she's been a big follower and supporter ever since. And I'll never forget the very first game that we went to home game. It was a Hawk walk. And so okay. that um, Taylor was still playing high school football. It was an early game and um, we had football Friday night and Taylor's team went out for dinner afterwards. Our flight left at 6 a.m. So we had to be at the airport like four. Okay. We didn't get home to like one. Nobody had packed the thing. We didn't sleep for like 24 hours straight. So we got to the, we left the airport, went straight to the tailgate. And so we got to the Hawk Walk. I couldn't even see because there were so many people. Vicky had saved me a spot in the front. She's like, hey, this is your son's first Hawk Walk. You need to come to the front. And That's she, awesome. They, so they have just been um, just amazing from from day one i mean and i think too that's a lot of the reason that uh, tyler you know loves iowa the people are so friendly and just just loving and um it's just it's been a great experience i talked to frank about this and um a very similar situation with him is you know i think the one thing about hawkeye fans and people from iowa when you know we have a player come to any of the programs and you can just tell it's a, a really genuine you know high character quality quality amazing family they really especially embrace them and i think that's what they've done with you guys you guys have such a such a great family and the whole entire iowa community is just like really taken to you guys and we're not just great you know big fans of tyler but we're big fans of the whole family so <laughs> It's, you. you guys are an awesome group. But speaking of the family, too, uh, I, I wanted to see if you had any other great stories about Tyler and maybe his brothers growing up, you know, different things like that, because you got the dirt that nobody else has. <laughs> um, I think probably um, the other story I tell. Um, so Tyler actually told this story on. Um, what's the name of the show? The Heartland. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
about the Gatorade. Um, and literally, I think Mari said it best. This kid, uh, Casey Lee, was maybe, oh my gosh, at 10, he was probably close to six feet tall, if not, wow. maybe, you know, and he was every bit of, sheesh, 150 pounds, maybe more. He was huge, but he was fast. He was physical. He would knock your head off. <laughs> and so take, I remember the before that game leading up to it, I don't think the coaches really helped. Um, but the kids were scared to death to play this team because of Casey Lee. <laughs> like they had watched him just brutalize kids in the league and the coaches just kind of hampered on it all week long. So I think in their mind, they were already just freaked out. Tyler's never really been afraid of a challenge. Um, and so he's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not scared of Casey Lee. You know, it's just kind of the boy. time. <laughs> Yeah. And so we get to the game and I I don't even remember what I think it was it was definitely in the first quarter and Tyler takes the handoff and just Casey Lee just comes out of nowhere at an angle and pow and Gatorade goes flying out of the Gatorade jar. Oh man. <laughs> and um I just thought, oh my gosh, he's he's hurt. You know, he's hurt. Oh. And he got up and he was a little, you know, disoriented, but he didn't get a concussion or, you know, anything like that. But it it was brutal. And um after that he went back in the game and just had a monster little game. And after the game he goes, I told you I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm not scared of Casey Lee. <laughs> That's awesome. You got to learn from those big kids. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it's just kind of a, he's just, he, he will not quit. He's a tough little cookie. I mean, yeah. Every once in a while, like whether it be football or baseball, and I, you see this in the Little League World Series sometime, they push a kid out there. They're like, yeah, he's 10. Well, he looks like he's 37 and he yeah. has a mustache. You know, yeah. it's like, you know. He was a kid, everybody would say, you need to check his birth certificate. Yes. That kid is, <laughs> your team is cheating. He's got to be 16. I mean, the kid, he was really, really a huge kid for his age. Um, so, yeah, it, it, that was one of the, his childhood memories that stood out but he has he has so many he was a funny a funny little guy full of energy um did not meet a stranger um but just he was just he was a good kid full a handful at times a good kid <laughs> most kids are at some point yes <laughs> Well, we're thankful that that he chose Iowa and that he saw the the good in the University of Iowa football program, and he's been such a great fit. And that spin move is insane. <laughs> I don't know where where did he learn that from? Because I, I, when he drops that, it's like we're like whoa! Like every single time he does, like it's insane, and it's got him some big yards at yeah. times. Did he learn that from you, or did he learn that from Dad? I always say he gets the good stuff from me and the bad stuff from his dad. <laughs> but honestly, I don't know. I um, I don't know if either one of us can really take. Um, I would again attribute his trainers. Um, he actually works out with another guy here, so he works out with probably three guys. He has a speed coach, and then John, who's there this weekend, he kind of really focuses on total body you know, wellness, making, uh, he does a lot of preventive injury stuff, making sure he's, you know, stretching well. And, um, he's, he does it all. He's the guy who has him pulling jeeps. <laughs> all right. Yeah. He's insane. 
but he works out with another guy um, who works on footwork um, and the, the little cute stuff that you see in the game. Yeah. All the dancing and the uh, the spin moves and um, he works, help, you know, works on his hands and short routes and stuff like that. And actually his name is Drew um, and he works out of a gym in Flowery Branch. Um, but he actually has a lot of, um, he works, Tyler's been in sessions with Nick Chubb, Andre Swift, okay. um, Josh Norman, like um, he he's just, he's, he's been great as well. I never forget Tyler was in high school. He was getting ready to leave for Iowa and Drew called him. He says, Hey, I need you to come through today. And Tyler's like, I, why man? Like, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to take a break. <laughs> so his senior year, um, the high schools here, if you have a certain GPA, you don't have to take finals. So Tyler literally had about two weeks of downtime in terms of school. That's great. That's a lot of, that's, that's good motivation yeah. right there. So he was on the lake every day with his friends or in at six flags. He was just living it up. So he was not trying to hear about training or whatever. He's like, I'm just enjoying my friends before I leave. And so Drew called him one day. He says, Hey, I need you to come through. He was like, man, why, man? I don't feel like, you know, working out. He said, man, just come through. I got a surprise for you. And Tyler got there and Nick Chubb and DeAndre wow. was there. And um, he worked out with them. And he came home. He's like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe it. You know, whatever. So I was like, see, it was worth it, right? Yeah, he's like, yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a pretty cool surprise. I've never gotten a cool surprise like that before. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, so uh, with Tyler's brothers, are, are are they athletes? Are they want, you know, want to pursue football? What, what What's their path? So um, our middle son, Taylor, he actually plays football at Mercer University here in Georgia in Macon, okay. Georgia. He's a freshman. <clears throat> and so he's been battling. A, um, he had a a patella tendon tear at the beginning of the season and so now I think he may have a little tendonitis in it so he's rehabbing um we were hoping well we were thinking he was probably going to be able to come back by the, this third game but I think he's probably they're actually in season right now because they're, they're okay. making up a season and so they're playing the back-to-back -back season thing okay so Taylor he's really anxious to get back on the field and I told him it, it may be a blessing disguise given they're playing two seasons back to back you know that's a lot um I feel like on a football player you don't have yeah. time recovery you're you know coming right out of this game and then right into spring ball and a whole other season so I feel like it's for me I feel like it's just it's the divine I, that's just my personal opinion yeah and um our youngest has no interest in sports at all <laughs> he's an arts guy and that's um he's actually in the process of applying to a art school for a senior year um in nice. and so he had submitted we submitted it everything and then so he got word from the admissions office apparently yesterday that they wanted something a little more up to date so he had to learn a whole new monologue a whole new dance and um he had to sing off a different song because I think what he sent it sent in was from like a year ago. Okay. So they wanted something recent. And so he was like, I gotta have all this in by tomorrow. And I'm like, What? Oh, oh yeah, I remember you said was that what you told yeah. me recently? Okay. So that's why I texted you. It's like, oh so I'm so sorry. And again, I'm sorry about that, but it no, it's okay. was a last minute, you know, kind of thing. So he has no 
no interest in sports at all. And he actually wants to go to Interlock in his senior year. And then he wants to go to the University of Michigan. That's cool. Very cool. So that's why your kids have turned out so great, though. You put your kids first. And see, that's why I was totally cool with it, because I have three kids. And I'm like, as a parent, I would have totally done the same thing, which I have done that before. So I I totally understood. But um, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down with us. I know, you, you know, you're working hard, you know, still raising boys and, you know, super, super busy. So thanks again for taking time with us. And uh, really, really appreciate it. It was great to meet you. Absolutely. It was great meeting you too. All right, Felicia. We always end it with the Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>